Welcome back to DC Cinematic Minute, the daily podcast in which we analyze Suicide Squad by each individual minute. My name is Mark. You can find me on all social media at Mark Meadows. And I'm Nathan. You can also find me on social media at NoClutchNate. And today we're talking about Minute 131 of Suicide Squad, which is going to start with credits and end with more credits. Uh, but today... We're doing things a little bit different since it's our last week to talk about Suicide Squad on the podcast. It's all credits. Everything's and credits. It's all credits from here on out. We are done with the film. We are done with the after credits scene. It's just credits. And so to keep things interesting, like we did for our past seasons, uh, today we're going to be talking about not influences. Some are. But for the most part, we're going to be talking about Suicide Squad that's popular uh in other ways, I guess it's kind of like, you know, when you surf on Wikipedia and once you get done with an article, it's like, see other related Re- references related. Yeah, not references, but related like content. See, yeah, if you're in- if you enjoyed this in pop culture. Yeah, like here are other things you might want to check mm-hmm. out, and so that's what we're going to be doing Monday through Friday. And then you get that. What year did this movie come out? Twenty sixteen. Sixteen in twenty sixteen, Margot Robbie portrayed the character of Harley Quinn. In the 2016 film Suicide Squad from Warner Brothers Pictures. It's like that kind of thing. I don't know why I need to explain it. <laughs> so today we're going to be talking about the tie-in prequel comic um, that you're supposed to read before you see the film. Uh-huh. But we're doing it after, as most people do. Um, and um, Tuesday we're going to be talking about Suicide or I'm sorry, Batman Assault on Arkham, the Suicide Squad animated film that doesn't have the word Suicide Squad in the title. Wednesday, we're going to be talking about, uh, it's basically like we're doing reviews. We're going to be reviewing Suicide Squad Hell to Pay, the other animated feature film about Suicide Squad. Thursday, we'll be talking about Justice League Unlimited, the Task Force X episode. And then Friday, we'll be talking about the comic books that influenced the movie itself and and i guess specifically comic books that you know actually influenced the film itself and not just being like it's all based on suicide squad we're oh, going to be like a little more okay so like there's like a book with enchantress yeah, in it or exactly, something yeah exactly okay. exactly we're going to get actual really specific on on talking about comic books basically what influenced the movie and then you know how the movie came out and kind of comparing what it's ba- it's mythology and then like how it went from there um so today we're going to be talking about the suicide blonde which is the prequel comic and this is a prequel comic uh, much like they did for dawn of justice where there was one for lex Luthor, superman or really about superman lois lane um and batman uh we're going to be talking i think there was a fifth one but i oh um Senator Finch. Mm-hmm. She had one for herself. Um, so today we're going to be talking about Suicide Blonde, which is about Harley Quinn, of course. Um, but it will also have Joker, uh, who's definitely the supporting character in the comic book. Um, but Nate, did you get a chance to read this comic? Yes, I read it in like 10 minutes. 10 minutes. It's a very <laughs> short tie-in comic. Um, normally these, pre- these prequels, uh, you know... I don't even, uh, uh, 10 minutes is probably even giving it too much. It was probably like three or five minutes. I, I told you I read it in five minutes. It, it was, was like two pages. <laughs> it was, uh, I think it was. It was l- probably like four or five pages. With, but with co- co- from cover to cover? Cover to cover. It was 11 pages. Oh, really? It was 11 pages. 
That's silly. <laughs> it's very short. It's like a plus ads thrown into the physical copy so it can hit the. Yeah, it's like a it's like a very eighteen page number no- count. Yeah, is that what's the normal for a comic book? I feel like it was eighteen. Yeah, <sighs> at a, at a, at one point in time, I want to say it was eighteen, because if it was eleven pages for story. Um, Have you read many Harley Quinn books no. or Joker, anything similar to this prequel comic? No. No. And I was working in the store when the when this movie came out. Mm-hmm. Um, I these don't kinda, remember this at these all. These prequel comics they normally come associated with the ticket sale, as in like you would buy the ticket for the movie and then it would be like a Fandango pre-purchased gift where it's like download the app and get this. Yeah, or like yeah, we just they didn't sell this on shelves. I don't think no. I was gonna say this is like I've never seen this. This is like something you get in like a cereal box, or like you know you get the movie ticket and it comes with it. Um, this is what that is. This is a um, free comic book day type of comic book. It's it's very um, I, I don't know how you say, it, but it's like you it's read like if you were to go to an AMC and, and you got the uh, the Airheads box. That had the popcorn, the candy, the soda, and on bot on the bottom had this little prequel yeah, comic. Catching all the grease from the popcorn mm-hmm. and stuff, soaking right through the pages. Yeah, yeah it's exactly what that is. Uh, I don't know what that is. But anyways. Well, you know, like they, they give <laughs> you sometimes like Chick-fil-A of, gives you a book. Is that like a whole meal kit for just junk food? You don't remember that at a time in theaters? It, doesn't sound it like was like there was an ever eat. And it was at a specific theater. I want to say it was AMC. And it was maybe it was also real. Candy, popcorn, and it, a soda. No, 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 no. Well, yeah, that was like the little cardboard box that they gave you. It was sponsored by Airheads because I mm. think Airhead had like a new candy or something like that at the time. Airhead 2. Airhead 2s. Um, so like you got like a small little, and they were like for like kids, you know? So oh, like you I'm got the assuming. little portion of popcorn. Uh-huh. You got a little slot for a little candy bar or Airhead or whatever it was, and then you had the hole for the drink. That was it. <laughs> yeah, okay, so um, so with this prequel comic, we're going to be talking about, uh, of course, Harley Quinn and Joker, and, and if you read this before seeing the movie, this is supposed to give you basically tone and also get used to these characters, you're going to be seeing them in, you know, the movie, and so that's kind of like what, more recently, something that we can talk about that it's kind of relevant. It now, the question stands. When was this prequel comic written? When was it released? No, when was it written? Because our knowledge of Suicide Squad being as broken up as it was and all these things, there are some panels in here that kind of give oh. you give you the answer to what we made up in our heads where it's like they're the, uh, you know crime bosses in Gotham now. So it's like mm-hmm. they own their own club and stuff like that. There's a panel in here that kind of gives you that little mm-hmm. sense. But when was the book written? And was that already it, shot for the movie? And like, did the editing for this movie with like, or the addition of the Harley and Joker storyline or whatever make this comic book irrelevant? Or was it like, hey, we need this book now? No, no, this comic book, it came out before the movie. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to. I guess what and I'm it, saying is like, yeah. was the editing you're for the, the right, Suicide yeah, Squad? Yeah, I get what you're saying. Did you're it on affect the right path. this book at all? Um, that part I don't think so. I think this book was already done, and I think that you know whatever happened with Suicide Squad, the film, like as far as editing the Trailer House, that whole fiasco that we've been talking about. I think that was too 
late after the fact of this book being okay. This book is still part of whatever the original intended David Ayer thing because this mm-hmm. is this is already edited. This is already you know, uh, and it's it's meant to be loosely based off of mm-hmm. it. Um, and the other similar topic that I can think of is the most recent uh, Godzilla King of the Monsters prequel graphic novel where it was like it does the same thing where it, it establishes the characters you're going to meet in the film so that when you see the film you kind of see what led up to creations like the Orca or Alan Jonah you know just or why Godzilla looks different in this film versus the 2014 one and that's really what these things are supposed to do this Suicide Blonde is supposed to set you up with an idea of who... Wait, who why, did, why did Godzilla look different? I missed his, that part. his spines get broken by the Muto Prime. Oh, yeah. And so they regrow back. back. Yeah, they grow back differently. Mm-hmm. More fragmented, a la Doomsday. But like... I'll have the a la Doomsday, please. One a la Doomsday. Um, but uh, yeah, this... If you if you don't know who Harley Quinn is for some reason and you're going into this movie and I guess if you fall into like this really niche corner of this is my first exposure to Suicide Squad and I'm very willing, very willing to know as much as I can about what to expect, you would read this and be like, oh, so this is the character I'm supposed to get to know about from Margot Robbie. And then you go watch the movie and you're like, oh, yeah, it's a character I read about in the book like a brochure if you, you will but this book this book is about the joker it's this a, book is not about harley quinn it's this about, prequel comic it's about is, both of them no it's not this book is about I, the joker imagine if you're reading it it's me the joker <laughs> yeah but if it's chronological if this is the first time you're seeing these kind of characters or really i'm the joker baby yeah exactly if you haven't seen the movie yet and you want to know what they're rendition of harley quinn and joker is going to look like or what the atmosphere is like you know like what kind of joker are we talking about in this movie that's what i'll get that's the questions we had when we started doing this minute by minute and in the very beginning when we're talking with sam otten and dr awkward from man of steel answers when we were having those conversations we were doing what this comic book probably would have helped verify those those things so when you were asking like how far off is this from mm-hmm. from the movie and, and as far as canon this is canon still because oh yeah i know it's still is, canon and it verifies what we've been saying it validates what we've been saying so this book heavily features the joker a lot of dialogue and Harley Quinn. Mm-hmm. this book heavily features the joker a lot of dialogue a lot of panel time so does the movie <laughs> so i'm just saying like if there was a Maybe at one point in time, this prequel comic was the most out of Joker that you were going to get. Maybe at one point in time, Joker was just lightly peppered into the movie and not crazily drawn out. So, like, people that were wondering, oh, I wish there was more Joker, you say, go read the prequel comic. Yeah, the prequel comic is... Instead of actually putting 15 extra minutes that you don't really need of the Joker in the movie. Yeah, this prequel comic, every... Every flashback scene of the Joker in the movie is like this comic book. Like, this almost is like a deleted scene that never got shot. So, it's like, here are the storyboards for it. Yeah. You know, like, this prequel comic is pretty much a deleted scene. Mm -hmm. Because it even starts right when Amanda Waller meets Harley Quinn 
in Bell Rev when Armando Waller walks into that prison room, mm-hmm. sees Harley Quinn. Harley Quinn says, "Are you the devil?" That's where this picks up, and it, you know it's Amanda Waller pitching the Suicide Squad thing to her, hoping that she accepts it, even though they don't have a choice in the matter, mm-hmm. which has always bothered me. It's like if you're gonna put a bomb in their neck and make them do something, just do it. Just do it. Yeah. Like why even ask them to accept or you know agree to the terms? It's or just like, say, I guess they there maybe it's a loophole with like they have to do it willingly. They're like vampires. Yeah, maybe there is something where it's there's like, a vampire clause. Maybe, I think uh, Mark. Let's just be honest to the listeners. We overlooked the vampire clause. Yeah. It is a rule that's that gets overlooked on a daily basis so often in today's society. You don't know who's going to be walking in your door. You got to get back to the vampire clause. I think we have to start up the business again. The vampire clause. The vampire clause. Crushers. Instead vampire of, clause enforcers. Instead of like uh, the do not disturb placards, it's like a little garlic hangs on the doorknob. Mm, yeah. Um, it says, thank you for your service. Or uh, like or a just like a pest get, control, or you can just like start nailing to the door like a mezuzah. <laughs> yeah, does that work? I don't know. I think like a cross would work in that sense, but you can't use a cross as a mezuzah. That is highly disrespectful. <laughs> <laughs> that doesn't even exist, and I'm a pil- I'm sorry that that came out of my mouth. Let's go back to the garlic on the door. No, let's not. <laughs> okay. Anyway, so we do our flashback. Basically, um, you know what would have been cool? Hear me out. Okay. This is just me speculating just because I'm running out of ideas and I'm vamping. So, you remember there was an episode many moons ago that we were talking about um, June Moon having like an opening for this movie. Her in the, oh, yes. doing the whole expedition yeah. and stuff like Her that. Boom. Or- cool opening, right? Bring it back stateside. You got Deadshot and you have like, you remember in the actual movie you have him doing his little dossier report. You know, it's going through like the, he's calling the guy on the phone. He's shooting the opera singer or whatever he was uh hitman job yeah that could essentially i mean there was he got a really drawn out one harley quinn got a really drawn out one because it was the nightclub scene and then they killed monster t and then fled and that's when batman got them but if there was a scene before like snuggled in between like our made-up june moon opening Mm -hmm. and between our dead shot opening that it wasn't a flashback, that it was real time, where it was this exact book. Them, back to Gotham. Them just pulling up in a Lamborghini, the two of them getting out and actually being in the club and being in the nightlife. That way you can establish Joker and Harley's position in Gotham. I feel it. Instead of wasting time having Amanda Waller basically explain to us, you know... That Instead of having... What was the song that was playing? Sympathy for the Devil. That whole... Oh, yeah, That's yeah, how the yeah. movie opened with Sympathy for the Devil and the Superman stuff. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, the, um, the cicada Which, dinner. Which, don't get me wrong, I'm not upset at that. I like that Amanda Waller was the introduction to the movie. Mm-hmm. I don't know what I'm trying to say. I think I'm just painting I, a weird picture in my head. I understand what you're trying to say. And, and honestly, this prequel comic seems like how the birds of prey would kind of set up because they're already established. See, that's the thing. And see, in this suicide squad, people are meeting Harley Quinn for the first time. Yeah. And it's not like she's existed in a film already. Like this prequel comic is kind of like, it sets it up like in, like in real time, like as you said. And so that's, that's the trick here. It's like, how, how do we go about that? Do we have someone say it 
over audio, like like do a voiceover, like ADR, where it's like, oh, and now we're, I'm going to tell you about the king and queen of Gotham, and like this is their like there's this was well their that role. is that is what happened in That's the movie. What happens in the movie? Yeah. But what you're saying is, should it be Show like it that, real time, or should it be like, hey, we're going to pull up 2015, one year before Harley Quinn gets you know the night that she does get incarcerated by the mm-hmm. Batman. Just start there. Start at the nightclub like it is its own scene mm-hmm. instead of a tint, a stylized flashback with mm-hmm. like the neon and, and dossier report. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You're saying just show it like that, like mm-hmm. how it is presented in this comic book and not do it where it's like Amanda Waller's just trying to explain it to... Pleased to meet you! Like, wrong on song, the though. No, that's it, Sympathy for the Devil. Yeah, true. That's Oh, how you guessed my name. Yeah. That's that's the that's old old Mick, so Mick Jagger. Basically, this comic book it, it's Amanda Waller saying, uh, "Remember how much fun you used to have on the streets? You can have all that again if you say yes to my dastardly plan." Yeah, and, and which this didn't seem like a lot of fun in this comic book. It doesn't seem like something someone from the government would be like, "Yeah, you don't you want to go out and do crime again?" The reason that you're in this joint in the first place, like. That's kind of hard to believe as motivation. Like, hey, I know you're here for murder, but wouldn't it be great if you did what I said so you can get back out there and murder people, which yeah. is why you ended up here? Like, it's almost like, and I don't a, understand. Yeah. I guess it's really just Amanda Waller trying to see how far does their loyalty already go for her before she also puts the bomb in her neck. It's almost like that. It's like, what if I asked you, just out of curiosity, if I asked you to join, would you join? I think it's a loophole thing. Yeah, like the I think it is. Thing. Yeah, yeah, no, lit- literally, I think it is a loophole thing. I feel like if she's attached with like the U.S. government, they have to be doing it willingly. Mm-hmm. It's like if the cops ask you any question and you answer to any of those questions, then it it's like, well, you open the Pandora's box. You, you can't. You can use it against you. Is you that what you're trying to say? You can't deny any questions from here on out once you answer the first one. Kind of thing. Yeah. It's a plea the fifth thing. Once you break it the first time, you can't go back. The one, two, three, four, fifth. Um, Chappelle show. So in her flashbacks, it's her and, and Joker. They're in this crime boss's house. And uh, they're basically the new kids on the block as far as a, uh, a new gang. You like that band? I don't know anything about them. The new kids on the block? Yeah. but um, I don't think you were like them. So... In Gotham, you have like your, um, I just told Falcones, your Maronis, like you have like old Italian, like old money Gotham crime bosses mm-hmm. and crime affiliations and gangs and stuff. Joker and Harley Quinn here in the year 2015 or whatever, the year that she gets apprehended. The year of our Lord. <laughs> the Joker. Raw. Um, they are this new hip group. Mm-hmm. Like they are not. They're like poster criminals. Yeah, but they're. It's weird. So it's like a this Bonnie is a, and Clyde thing. It is, but in a sense where like, it's so weird, and I think it's really cool. This idea of having costumed heroes and villains in a real world sense, where like, what if Bonnie and Clyde put on crazy wacky outfits and rob banks? Instead of just pulling up in cars and guns and stuff like that. Instead of the being like the tyrant criminals that they were, what if they were tyrant criminals but flashy as well? I think it goes b- back to the sense like were. 
they didn't put on costumes. No, but they were wacky. They were reckless. Reckless, but reckless isn't putting on costumes. Family affiliated. They didn't have much. It goes back to what we were talking about. It was all just for fun. It goes back to what we were talking about with Watchmen. How that started, where Mm -hmm. it was just gang members putting face paint on, wearing matching T-shirts. Like that's how it starts, and then you get to the masks. I really like this idea of having these two criminals Mm -hmm. being popular with like just the news outlet and just a youth. Not saying that, like, you know, crime is cool, go do it. I'm saying that's that what the, they're saying. That's, that's exactly what these that's two characters That's exactly what they're saying. Yes. But the fact that, like, Gotham youth is idolizing these two criminals now as just, like, I, I don't know. That's like someone saying, like, you know, El Chapo is, like, the coolest guy and they're starting to wear. Well, that actually did happen, didn't they? People started dressing up as Halloween last year. As well, that yeah, but it, it, I mean, it is, a, it is something that doesn't get talked about. A lot about often i mean yes you'll see people in the dc universe they'll be wearing superman shirts and green lantern shirts because yeah but they're nobodies yeah civilians yeah wearing superhero t-shirts because they love those superheroes Mm -hmm. and no one ever seems to think that there would be kids in nightclubs and stuff who who paint their hair like joker and harley romanticize the Mm -hmm. joker and be like they would be like oh he's so cool because he can do whatever he wants that's that's I'll give them credit for that because it's it's something that doesn't get talked about often, you know? Like I'm surprised maybe people do that in today's society. Like Yeah. And like it's weird. That's why there could like, there couldn't be costumed heroes because it just it would have that instant dividing line. People that love them yeah. and idolize them and or like a small vocal minority on earth that would probably be like, you know, dark side is right. Like I yeah. like and they might be like kind of wacky cuckoo but they might be like at least that exists that there mm-hmm. would be humans who would probably be like hey no i actually think dark side's right and you'd probably be like there's something wrong with you but mm-hmm. you can't deny that that doesn't exist somewhere on the internet right um joker and harley quinn are are just that they aren't they really are infatuated with you know i'm an idea like i'm mm-hmm. just i I'm I'm out of my mind. I'm crazy. And it's like, no, they actually that is true. It is exactly what the case is. It's not like the Joker from The Dark Knight who it's not is like he has a job. Yeah, it's not so much like the Joker from his own film or um yeah, The Dark Knight one. Those who are born from damage, kind of like Doom Patrol-esque mm-hmm. where they're like these characters who have gone down these dark holes because of trauma and PTSD and, and, and things like that. And so they come out deranged and psychotic and borderline like mental because of like just their situation that the improv impoverishedness that they grew up in Mount malnourished, I would say in like a society sense. Um, these guys are not that Harley Quinn and Joker are not that. Yes. They, I, I guess at some point they did fall into a vat of acid that, you know, painted their skin, bleached their skin, and, and turned their hair green. But more so than that, or who knows, maybe maybe nothing happened to them at all. It was just a big old vat of milk. Maybe they just thought it or was just, it's cool thing. Cool kids do it. They jump into acid with no fear. And it's just like, maybe n- nothing. I, I don't know. His his skin is different. What do you think? You think acid is... Um, I mean, it almost looks like he still colors his hair. But Do you think it's a uh, metaphor for... Uh, 
Just being cool. Whippets. <laughs> yeah. Just like that. That's how you become the Joker. Do two enough whippets, you yeah. dye your hair green. <laughs> yeah. Like that strange smile. Yeah. Like, um, but yeah, it, it, it is weird that they are like that. They're like, we are, we want to be new power, new money. Like, it's all us, just the two of us, and we'll, we'll start out like that. And so it's kind of like if I get some modern day hip hop, like underground artists, because there is something artistic about their theatricality. You know, like they are trying to. Prove well, yeah, you just said it. Like their style, like they're trying to prove it's a, a theatric. Yeah, it's, it's a style. That's, that's like, art. Yeah, it really is. And so I can see this being an actual thing. Um people trying to start crime organizations um with costumes with theatricality and not and and getting rid of the old now is this a question that i shouldn't be asking why hasn't that started or why hasn't it been a part of the news maybe it has started it just never got the traction so it didn't get a following i can't really talk about or maybe maybe it's in the same camp as like um like the Ku Klux Klan or some bullshit like that. Mm-hmm. Or like, I mean, even fucking horrible like neo-Nazi groups and like all these like, all these things. Like, is that, it, I, it, think it, that I think it's, I think it is that mindset. I, the only thing that they're missing. No, because if you want to say that their attire could very well be uniform yeah. costumes, then especially with like Ku Klux Klan back in the day, they had those fucking outfits and shit. It's it's right to ask those kind of questions like where does it go like where does like how far does, from and, the real and, and world where's and yeah and yeah. where's the disconnect yeah but th- then you have to remember that those are hate groups and this is a fictional, a new, fictional story no no just just um, I hate to use the word millennial but I try to say it for generational sake it's just like a new generation of mob like of 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 uh, mafia yeah and and this is new Gotham mafia mm-hmm. kind of thing. Like these guys would fit so well in the Batman beyond universe. Oh yeah. Which I feel like that's what Gotham needs to like. That's what there's, this is. There's either 1920 Gotham mm-hmm. or Neo Gotham. Yeah. There is no in between. And it's like, they do this weird thing where it's like, yeah, Batman became Batman 20 years ago. And the Gotham we're seeing now with the Joker and Harley Quinn, it's almost like we are already in the Batman Beyond. Like this universe is already primed for a Batman. Or Beyond. maybe this is like the the in between that I was just saying that that doesn't exist. Maybe this is that in between mm-hmm. a Batman that's been there for twenty years and new money coming up in the gang. And that's exactly what happens when they go to the nightclub and they see people who are influenced by their brand, quote unquote. You see the Joker and Harley Quinn thing as like a. Which I didn't really get that much from the panels in the comic book. Like I saw like a couple people with like their hair tied pink and green. Yeah, but it gave the was anybody wearing like a like a Joker T shirt or like have it was like, just like, like one temporary dude tattoos. Like, one dude looked just like the Joker in a way, but it gave the impression that everyone there was somehow influenced by Joker and Harley Quinn yeah. style. And it was just the neon aspect of it. Yeah. Like it was just bright colors. Just bright colors and, and I don't know. I was like it didn't give me like you know how like Superman is like at the Day of the Dead festival, um, uh, when he saves that girl in Mexico and Dawn of Justice. It wasn't like that kind of sort of thing where it's like you went to a nightclub and everyone was dressed up like 
clown makeup or not really clown makeup, but like they had the dark circles and I think tattoos and I like, think it's reminiscent of what you would see. I mean, today Batman forever. You know when Robin? Yeah. Oh, I love that. That's what I think that's of when I, think, ex- that's when I think when I think Neo Gotham. Yeah. That's exactly what I think of. Yes. And it's and, and it's not Neo Gotham because that is I was expecting that beyond. here, but it wasn't Neon Gotham. Neon Gotham is that Batman Beyond that's again. Gotham City, in my opinion. Yeah. Like still, there's still gargoyles. There's still there's towering still the Atlas. Yeah, there's still giant the, yeah. statues yeah. and gargoyles, but there's a plethora of neon yeah. lights and people on motorcycles. And a Zeppelin. <laughs> combing through yeah and there's smog and yeah that's that's what i think that's gotham city in my opinion this is cool this is fine though it is but and like i was saying it's reminiscent to say if you were to go to you 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 could hey i'll bring it home when the year is 2008 mark you and i go off on an adventure with a couple buddies that were never included in this sort of a social group but we went on and saw a band called mindless self-indulgence Oh, yeah. Now, imagine going to that show and the demograph. Our jaws were on the floor. We didn't fit. We loved the music. But that demograph was something that we couldn't comprehend at the time. But imagine Joker and Harley Quinn walking into an MSI show. They would look around and say, yep, this is all inspired by us. Mm-hmm. It's like the kind of thing. So, like, I feel like going into a nightclub nowadays or, like, a niche nightclub where they're having punk neon night or whatever you want to mm-hmm. call it, that would be it. Yeah, and again, I guess that's... Or a rave, even like at a rave. You see, now it's more pasties and rainbows. Ten years ago, raves, pink and green. I think you kind of still see this Joker and Harley Quinn a lot when it comes to maybe Halloween nightclubs and yep. and, and and Comic-Cons and, you know, you you still get this aesthetic is successful. It just was the movie was not as successful. Um and I think that's, you know, that's all this prequel comic is trying to establish is they want you to get the aesthetic. They want you to get how these two characters fit into the DC universe that they are creating with Man of Steel and Dawn of Justice. They were like, okay, we've established that Superman is new. Wonder Woman is hundreds of years old. Batman has been doing it for 20 years. We have a universe now. Mm-hmm. Now, how did these characters fit in? That's what this book does. And... I'm cool with it. You know what I would like to see now that we're having this discussion? So I've said it in the past that I'm not the biggest fan of a Harley Quinn and Joker story, and this movie was riddled with it everywhere. But done correctly, or at least done in a sense where it showcases more than just a broken relationship between an abusive couple, there's a goldmine there. So take this little panels, for example. If there was a Gotham Underground movie, like hopefully Birds of Prey will touch on or whatever. But if there was a Joker and Harley Quinn movie where it was like them doing just crime in nightclubs. If it was like Pirates of the Caribbean. Uh-huh. Where they go in a, to the, in a city the where Pirates the setting Council is, yeah. and the and like you have Catwoman who's running one part of the underground. Like these people you just got it like yeah, just like yeah. the named characters or whatever, but the aesthetic is city at night, neon lights, mm-hmm. raining, dreary, crime. That's your Joker and Harley Quinn movie, yeah. not a love story with the flashbacks of you falling into a vat of acid mm-hmm. and not pudding and lights out everywhere. It's do your do your crime, do your work, draw that out for two and a half hours. But do that, you have Batman in it? I don't know. Well, yeah, because he's like the the Grim Reaper coming through, you know, like he is the the, the darkness. But um, everyone 
would be churning their machine like Black Mask and Two-Face and you know, you would have those people, but it's supposed to be Joker and Harley Quinn who as the wild cards, they do kind of mess up their own system. They are just that chaotic and they're new. Mm-hmm. They are hot, fresh. They are the new hot topic. And so they would be these these forces of nature that the other rivalry gangs would question. Two-Face would have his questioning. You would have doctors like Professor Pig and Scarecrow who work for some of these gangs. They have to choose their alliances and legions. Mm-hmm. Um, but there is just that X-Factor gang called, you know, Joker's gang with, mm-hmm. uh, what is his name? Frost? Johnny Frost? Johnny Frost, yeah. Jo- yeah. And so that's that's what I would like to see more of. This is fine. Like I said, this is like a deleted scene, mm-hmm. just like as if it was never shot. There's no difference between this and the other deleted scenes as far as I'm like, it exists and I'm, I'm okay with it. But as far as the story, which is what you talked about, like this would have been great if done better. I just think the payoff is questionable. That being, I I love that you guys want to keep establishing the uh, the aesthetic and the tone and this new era of Joker and Harley Quinn. I'm cool with that. But by the end of the story, when it just stays like that and it doesn't have a sense of like, so she's not going to wise up about him mm-hmm. or, you know, like he's going to die off and come back. And it's like, I, I don't, mm, it's questionable for me. That's all I care about. It's, I, the payoff was weird. As far as it being a story of itself, I, uh, underwhelmed, I would say. Um, but you know, they nailed their aesthetic down and that's, if that's all they wanted to do. Fine. Yeah. So, so you had to sit to us talking trash about Joker and Harley Quinn for 130 something minutes. But now we can find a story that we would enjoy seeing Joker and Harley Quinn being the predominant figures in just don't hold on to the love story aspect of the two of them. I know it's what builds on that character, but there is so much more you can grow from it. Shit. Throw a breakup into this couple. Yeah. Like that's, yeah, that's a story within itself. Yeah, exactly. It's a story that I have a problem with. The characters themselves, when they're... I love Margot Robbie's Harley Quinn. Mm-hmm. And Jared Leto's Joker is magnetic when he has his scenes. And that's... And Gotham City is always a pleasure to hang out in. Yeah. Like, their scenes in the movie are some of the best parts, and I enjoy watching them. It's just the story itself is questionable. It's, uh, it's, uh, yeah. Just just grow from the story. We just need yeah. to grow from the Harley Quinn and Joker story. You have great just characters. drop the love story. Don't change anything about the characters. Mm-hmm. Just give us a good story and don't treat us like we're stupid. Just give it to us. Just, mm-hmm. just do it. Harley Quinn is a strong, independent And I think that's now. the problem with, with, that. with Warner Brothers and the DC properties is they get scared about how people are going to react. And so they try to play things too safe where nothing happens. Mm-hmm. And it's like, no, 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 no. Rock the boat. Do something with Clearly, it. Clearly, they've never played poker over there at WB. <laughs> Exactly. You ever play poker, Mark? Well, it's like they lost and then they got, oh, uh, got scared. You is know? that what happens? Uh, you get, you get locked up, um, turned to a rock. I don't know. Every time that I've lost money at poker, it's like, well, lost money. Tilt. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but um, so yeah, that's they have they've established that they have great characters. Um, 
that's all it is to the prequel comic. Um, they do some kind of things where if you're fans of Harley Quinn and Joker, you might be like, I'm into this. Um, so definitely check it out. You can find it on the internet for free. It's just a simple few pages. But if you want um, the comic book, hit us up on all social media at DCU Minute or the Facebook group, the DC Cinematic Minute Listener Society. Uh, we can talk about the comic book or anything you're catching up on, whether it's more Suicide Squad, Suicide Squad content. Uh, and we'll catch you guys tomorrow for minute number 132 of Suicide Squad. Suicide Squad.